Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shiloh Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Ah, uh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I've got Nick here again. Hello. Hello. How are you, Nick? You just can't get rid of me, can you? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, listeners, we've been we've recording. We've recorded bits for three episodes. Well, anyway, you don't need to know that. We've just been very busy recording, as usual. That's good. Um, uh, so this time, this episode is a sequel to one we did um, earlier in the year, all about sort of firsts and lasts and um, well, we'll start off with those ideas and we'll see where it takes us. But uh, I guess I better run the theme music first. It's time for my old buddy, old pal from across the channel, across the pond, Paul Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. Oh, it's the shy yeah. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? Boy, he's not all that shy, is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. He's all green, he's here. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Right, so um, I, I have got a list here of some, I think, although I say it's first and last, I think often, you know, you, you, firsts are probably uh, better than last because uh, to a certain extent, we don't know the lasts of some of these things. Absolutely, yes. And we sometimes if, if you know, uh, actually, what could be worse than knowing the, the last right. Of something, unless it's something you don't like doing, yeah. uh, it's it, it's quite depressing having think, a, a, yeah. a last having a last because it's uh, you know it, it, you kind of. Ugh. Although to be fair, I think last time we did um, our last time wasn't our last time, but the last time <laughs> yeah. we we did talk about uh, like the most recent time we went to a nightclub the the, the last yes. to, de- to date etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my last time at the nightclub, I, as I recall, was pretty humiliating. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, you know, I, I, the fact—I mean, one has to remember the fact I, I did actually pitch up um, drunk anyway. So, and, and <laughs> I was over forty then, so I, I kind of, I just nodded well, off. Well, I, I thought we'd start with some um, 
musical firsts. Yeah. You, may, you may not have any answers for these, uh, and it, you know it may not be technically the first time you you heard these people, but it, the first time the memory that sticks with you. Um, so let me see. I've got a list here. Uh, do you, do you remember the first time you heard um, ABBA? I knew you were going to say ABBA. <laughs> um, now I yes I I. Sp- 99.9% certain I heard Waterloo in 1974. I don't remember, because I, mean, I remember that tune always reminds me of uh, being sort of five and and Jen taping stuff off Top of the Pops and that general kind of uh, era. My, I think probably my, my mo- most particular memory of ABBA is earliest one. It's not my earliest earliest, but it's, mm. it's one I particularly because i their music i remember very much of that time um but what i do remember is dancing queen coming out just before i started junior were well, about round about almost spot on when i started junior school mm. and uh, being interested in the title and um probably not realizing quite literally that you know i i, I my literal mind thinking a dancing queen so i, I drew a picture of the queen dancing and kicking off her shoes and all her sort of courtiers looking somewhat alarmed and as she's having a right old time of it and um i didn't realize queen uh in the sense of you know sort of young girl who is you know really good at dancing so uh you know so that was that was definitely that but other music uh you know i, I think of mamma mia i think early 1976 I think of SOS, I think of uh, uh, 75, you know, it, it's very evocative. And also, I, I, uh, Summer Night City, I remember, uh, was uh, in the charts and Jen was taping it off when we first went to Kent Road. So, but not really anything beyond that, of course, but ABBA were always there. They were in Look In, they were in uh, on, the t- on the telly. So they, it, it, their presence was always felt they were they was they were sort of really the reliable um stalwarts of pop but i i don't think i've got any i didn't i don't think i can actually remember the first no, time no that's but that, that's still the kind of thing i was looking for yeah. um I, i'd say i don't know some of i mean i'm sure i would have heard songs and, and i remember um in a about 1980 that Terry Wogan used to play um, the song called The Piper which was on the Super oh, Trooper yeah. album uh, he wasn't a single but he obviously liked it and played it but yeah. um, I, I'm not I'm not so good but then that is that that thing happening is sort of after or around the same time as uh, my what I'm going to say is my first time um, I don't know if my parents had maybe bought me the first greatest hits by then but when we were in athens or Rhodes, i can't remember which one we went to both but i can't remember which one was where the record shop was possibly Rhodes. i don't know um uh but anyway we went they were obviously it was coming to the end of the holiday and they were looking for something and i get the feeling they must have uh have, have been trying to get me into abba um, yeah. or thought oh well you know we kind of like abba but um, I think the intention of my parents was to find music which they wouldn't hate me to be playing. <laughs> um, uh, and maybe I'd shown interest to what I'd heard, but I, I can't remember what I'd heard prior to this. But anyway, we went to this record shop and 
um, it was sort of suggested to me like that here's their most recent album, which in 90, early, well, summer 1980 uh, would probably still have been Voulez Vu. Uh, yeah. Super Trooper came out around that time as well. But anyway, this was the album that was sold to me. And they put the record on the record shop person. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, considering we went in, we were in a foreign country, I don't quite know uh, how, how easy the communication was with oh, my parents. Yes. Um, and I was. It sounds like he uh, like did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, and I was sort of six. And um, anyway, I remember they put the album on, and the first track on Voulez Vu is a song called As Good As New, which is a great song. But oh, again, yes. not a single, but. Um, but it's a really catchy one, and I was I was sold. <laughs> I used to have a very. It doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But I, um, David Sprakes and I in in the a really a, a good as you must have been uh, out before eighty because um, yeah. we I have a recording of um, David Sprakes, which must have been seventy nine because he left Salisbury yeah. in seventy nine, uh, singing the first few bits of yeah, uh, as good as new well, I'm getting Vu- you I love you yeah because uh, the album Voulez Vu would have been out in 79 then I think vol- um, volume 2 Abba Greatest Hits volume 2 came out and then Super Trooper but so I, I was a little bit behind um, by the time it was sold to me uh, but you know um yeah. I kind of went back to ABBA in the late 80s because uh, um, the the two um, Greatest Hits 1, Greatest Hits 2 were in the um, were on tape in the at my at work at, at my shop and I, I remember buying those two together I've I've obviously got the, the D, uh, CDs now so yeah but well, um, obviously I went I went through I've been buying them again on vinyl but I was listening to yeah. um, the album which has Waterloo on uh, just only today but uh, I want to move on to an, an, another group. Um, oh, can I just say, last, yeah. last memory, uh, ABBA, dead easy. A couple of days ago, there's at least two ABBA songs on my MP3 player at the moment. So, uh, so I've, I've, I've um, so I've got SOS, and maybe, well, maybe it's just SOS. So I've currently got SOS on my my listening tunes. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I suppose, yeah, I suppose listening to this album on my. My record player today is my most is my last to date. <laughs> um, Let's hope it's not last. Oh, well, I've, not been, I've got to edit this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, another favourite of mine, and, and you can do um, this band and another band. I know you like more. Um, what are your first memory of the Beatles, and what's your first memory of Wings? Ooh. Right, oh, um, Beatles. I don't know. Uh, I I mean, I grew up when I was growing up. The Beatles were always there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in it. I think it was probably the 1980s when I went to Highbury, uh, where the Beatles were actually they were only just over ten years away. So uh, we were we were learning about the Beatles and what style they were in um, in our first music lesson. So I went. Um, so I can't honestly say when I first heard of the Beatles because I was I was I was you know again they're always there but I do have a significant memory that it, almost precisely forty years ago uh, when I went to Highbury that's the secondary school I went to um, first music lesson was um, a tape recording of Yesterday 
Um, so uh, my me- whenever I hear yesterday, I always think of my first day at Highbury in 1980. Um, and uh, Miss Morley played yesterday and we studied it and mm. um, we studied what sort of a, a kind of you know it, we, it came certain bits came from rhythm and blues mm. some of it, and of course um i i think probably my sister would be able to answer the the i think my brother-in-law already has answered the beatles question but mm. um but yes uh i um that was a significant thing with the, the fact that the beatles were already as 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 early as 1980 uh taught in schools in a historical context Mm. even though they'd only split up for 10 years and Mm. at that stage just about just about at that stage they're all still alive Uh, lennon was shot for four months later um so but i yeah i mean and uh last memory of beatles um probably a couple of weeks ago when i was talking about them with my sister and brother-in-law, I, I, I'm guessing. I, for my own part, I've probably said this on record before, but for me, all of the Beatles were much more interesting on their own. I, I felt they, once they had sort of separated out, their various talents, you know, I, I just find them more, I find Lennon more interesting on his own. Uh, I find McCartney I, uh, with wings on, on and on his own. I find superb um and which brings us neatly onto wings um i was just gonna say i think um i was saying that mccartney and lennon got to do pretty much what they wanted to do in the beatles so you are hearing authentically what those i mean a lot of beatles songs are effectively solo songs but they just think the other person or or the other person would just jump in um what i would say which does definitely agree with you is that um someone like george harrison was always uh, and maybe by the end of the Beatles, he was getting a bit more say, but he he was being given like, oh yeah, you can do one song or two songs for yeah. this album. He he yeah. he didn't get to sort of open fill his wings so much until yeah. uh, his solo career. So that's definitely definitely right. But yeah, the wing, I wing. maybe uh, the developing styles of each Beatle uh, as they mature, as they went in different directions to what they want to do, maybe. Maybe that just appealed to me. You know, the, the direction they took appealed to me perhaps a bit more. That I'm not saying I'm not dissing the Beatles, by well, any means, no, but no, no. But, but to be fair, I think um, it's one of those things that um, uh, to, to a to a casual listener, it's it's difficult to know um, unless you actually start reading books about the Beatles. It's not always obvious. A song like Yesterday is definitely more a Paul McCartney type song. Yeah, uh, there are so and there are songs that are definitely more, but it's so, you know it's it, it it it's a whole like as you say that there, there is there are books and books about you know who wrote what and uh, yeah. in the same way as with Doctor Who, who mm. did this and 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 it, it, it it's quite difficult to 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 um, pick it all apart. Um, mm. but so what about wings? Yeah, what about wings? Yeah, wings. Um, I can button down a little bit more. Um. I can't believe I didn't. I mean, I went to see it. Well, actually, yes. Um, thinking about it, um, live and let die. Uh, I, I went. I was taken to see live and let. I cannot. I've got my mum's diaries from um, nineteen seventy three and seventy four, and we went to the cinema loads in the seventies. Um, but I cannot find. 
I, I could have sworn somewhere along the line, and this is the only little let's diaries, but I could have sworn somewhere along the lines I've got where, when I saw Live and Let Die, because it was the first Bond film I ever saw, considering I was only five at the time, uh, four or five at the time, it's actually quite a, a scary film to actually take a kid to, mm. um, not to mention a bit risque, um, but I remember it very well. And I mu- so that must have been my first Wings experience because with the Live and Let Die song. Uh, which I think is terrific, and but I think beyond that, um, two very distinctive Wingsy uh, memories. Um, I remember from this every every time I hear silly songs and uh, let them in, I, I'm immediately taken back to the summer of '76 because those are two beautifully, you know, kind of feel good summary songs which i remember very well uh at that time you know and it reminds me of sort of kicking around with jen and kicking around with um david buxton and who was my best friend at the time and the very very hot summer of course and um that would that brings me and also finally um i with a little luck um in 1978 again listening to records in my dad's study downstairs at the beaches and um that was definitely one we we used to he used to play a lot and um i i always associate little luck with james and the giant peach because we uh we were reading that at school and I think I bought the book as well. And of course, the intricate pictures I was reading, I was flipping through it. I used to flip through it whilst we were listening to this. So I always think of James and the Giant Peach when, mm. with, with, uh, with a little luck. And, and the fact that there was, it was the first time I noticed Asylum Records and there's this little asylum. And thought, oh, what's that? And I thought, well, it's where they stick loonies, I think, I'm, <laughs> huh. which is what they used to say, with, with how it was described to me. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Last Wings Memory. Ooh. Um, have I got any wings on there? Well, probably, actually, yes. On Keith's show, um, Box of Delights on on Wednesday nights, um, he, I think, I actually requested let him in. Mm. Uh, so yes, I, I, that, that would have been my last. Uh, hopefully, not my last. It's, I don't currently have a CD of um, Wings, but I would definitely be. Interested. We used to have one, that, but it broke or it, or it sort of scratched or something. And it yeah, play used, there used to be a greatest hits that was probably out in the late seventies or around in the eighties. It was pretty much the only one of Wings as far as being a greatest hits. Yeah. And I used to have it on tape. I think I think my dad bought that, um, and I sort of um, ended up <laughs> uh, nicking it basically. <laughs> and and uh, of course, over the years, there's been so many. Uh, there's been the sort of. <sighs> Often when they release a greatest hits, um, it'll be because the CD allows for more space than tape or vinyl did. Mm. So, uh, but I, I like that that say twelve songs or whatever that was on that old greatest hits. I, yeah. I do have I do have a vinyl copy of it, but you can't actually buy that version. I don't think anymore uh, because there are so many new versions of either either Wings and Paul McCartney greatest hits or just Wings even on on its own they're, they're more yeah. expanded they're more expanded these days oh um, right that's interesting because i i've got i've currently on my amazon wish list um i've got a um a wings best of yeah. um so i uh, which i think might be a late 70s one i think you might be right about that i think it's I think, probably from there 
I think personally I got into the Beatles because it was suggested by my parents that I should. But I definitely uh, liked them. Um, yeah. And also got to the point where having the greatest hits wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> um, and I had to get uh, albums, etc., uh, etc. Et and then I think Wings sort of became, you know, when I ran out of Beatles albums, I then sort of expanded into yeah. um, solo stuff. and Yeah. Uh, um, Muller Kintar, I forgot to mention Muller Kintar, um, that reminds me very much of the Christmas 77, because it was number one, and um, working on the Magnet Editor and a, a, par- a house party we had, and Blake Seven starting. So I have very happy memories of Muller Kintar. Funnily enough, it's not a last memory, but it's a memory I have. For, I mean, I was very much interested in the 60s, you know, Doctor Who, The Avengers, all the shows that were being, you know, uh, even like the 50s with Hancock and stuff. So I was always a child who was interested in the past more than I... I was far more interested in the 60s and the 80s than I was in the 80s, in the 80s. Yeah, in the um, 80s, yeah. Um, yeah, um, and, um, but I do remember being at school probably in the very late 80s and when we still had... I think it was my probably my first year, so perhaps it was about 80 seven or 88 uh-huh. um when when we still did music before we had to choose our gcses and i think mm. i ended up probably dropping music because it, i was I, uh wasn't musical enough to yeah. subject to do but um i know in the year i did do music they asked um each pupil to bring a song in and uh in the course of a whole year i think i had two choices yeah and I bought in the name of the game by ABBA, which is still my favourite ABBA song. And ABBA wasn't going through their revival at that stage. So the music teacher, who now, I think, looking back, should have been ashamed of himself because <laughs> now they go on about ABBA being one of the most complex, you know, if you, it's so difficult to replicate what ABBA songs because there's so many, many layers to them. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, you know, so he, he should have been a bit more... Uh, excited that I picked Abba really, but uh, um, but but he wasn't. But when I came to the Beatles, I brought a, a song off Abbey Road from '69 called Maxwell's Silver Hammer, um, and that's quite a quirky song about a serial killer with a more well, of this. I'm not sure if it's the person or the or the or the hammer that's the, but anyway. Yeah. Um, this death anyway, which, is, which I was very excited about, um, and I guess the music teacher probably would have been the age that the Beatles were he would have been um, probably a, a, you know, a teenager at the time and uh, his eyes lit up when I brought yeah. because also Maxwell Silver Hammer isn't a single it's a a, a, a a more obscure album track so that obviously kind of showed to him that I knew a bit more than than being name of the game perhaps yeah. um, and he was so enthusiastic that the, the following week he bought the um, the words of music of Maxwell's Silver Hammer and got the whole class to, to learn it and sing it. Um, so I did feel Because yeah. it was 50 years last year um, that Abbey Road came out. I only last year did I discover it was... I, I, I thought it was a lot earlier. I, I, I didn't realise it was actually within my lifetime. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I knew, knew the famous album cover and yeah. Here Comes the Sun and everything. I didn't realise that was, I was actually existing at the time, you know. Yeah. Um, it is actually I, the, it's actually the last 
recorded album, but it's not their last released album. They they released Let It Be um, last, but that was recorded um, before it. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I've got two or three more groups, but then I've also got non-music related firsts. Yes. Yeah. And last, if we have our last. We don't have to do last if we haven't got anything. Yeah. I think in this case, firsts are, um, are more interesting. What about The Carpenters? What do you remember of The Carpenters? Ah, Carpenters. Um, again, they were always there. Um, there is indication that both my mum and my sister likes them. You know, they, they, well, every time I mm-hmm. uh, put a post about Karen Carpenter, you know, kind of like a share something, uh, Jen's always enthusiastic. I know mum liked them. Um, the first Carpenters record, uh, again, I, I kind of, um, things like Yesterday Once More, uh, Goodbye to Love and everything, I, I swear I can remember them from first time around, you know, preschool. Um, I, I would have been too young to remember um, Close to You. Mm. Um, certainly, I, 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 Goodbye to Love, I think, probably, and uh, We've Only Just Begun. And think, I, yeah, it, they were always around. And um, most distinctly, I think, uh, Top of the World. Mm. Uh, they are all beautiful songs. And, and the masterful hand of Paul Williams uh, in, in their, in help, you know, sort of putting them together uh, is there too. And I, I think he's, he's genius. And then the Carpenters were genius as well. And um, it's, uh, it's, but yeah, I think that definitely that, that mm. was the um, last Carpenters memory. Ooh, um, what was top of the world uh, again keith's show i I'm, yes he played top of the world last last monday mm. on the show so but i've got a carpenter's gold cd mm. and they're evergreen i can i can I, the only off the top of my head um they're just two kind of um calling occupant of planetary craft <laughs> sounds <laughs> like they're trying to cash in on star wars and close encounters mm-hmm. and the result is a bit trite i have to say um i'm not keen on that one um which is a shame because i hate saying a hor- anything negative about the carpenters um and uh, their version of solitaire i think just kind of it's a little bit too drawn out um and maybe ticket to ride i think they, you know, the, but there's there's plenty of absolute gold to, uh, 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 you know, around that to, uh, to uh, what was the other thing? Oh yes, um, the, my my one contention with the uh, uh, the gold CD mm. is no sweet sweet smile, which mm. is a beautiful 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 <coughs> song, and I I remember it on our, uh, 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 opening up our show in 1978, the where Susan Tully was a presenter. And I remember being entranced by it, and and it's still one of my favourite Carpenter songs. It's not on the best of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that got played. I get the thing that got played quite a lot over here. Sort of um, familiar with that as well. Um, yeah. I, I would say I, I first discovered the Carpenters when I was going through my parents' record collection and playing stuff that I thought would be interesting. Uh, and by no means did they have like necessarily even though i've got quite broad music taste um there wasn't loads there wasn't loads of stuff in that uh, uh in their collection that i was uh, excited by but i certainly i can't remember if it's the the album that had rainy day mondays on i'm not sure if that's the first or second album but it's, it's an early one 
and that's got I think that's got solitaire on, and um, yeah, I certainly sort of um, ha- having decided I like that. I did. I never bought like every single Carpenter's album, but I must have. I bought two or three, um, and greatest hits and. Uh, I certainly had a phase where I was exploring them, but I, I never just I just didn't quite go as far as I had with, say, ABBA or the Beatles or other other groups. If I'm ever asked, I always say that ABBA and the Beatles sort of got me into music. Um, the Beatles got me into the more rocky side, and ABBA got me into the poppy side. Although there are far more rocky ABBA songs than a lot of people realise. Um, Yes, rock me. You can do yeah. me. And there is a uh, a period around that sort of time where you could tell that they're, they're not quite sure which route they're going to go down. Um, the album I was listening to today has um, a few rock, a song called uh, "Watch Out," which is a, almost like a heavy metal song. And I, I used to hate that song when I first got into it because I was it was so different from the the more. Uh, um, more tuneful songs. Now, now it's one of my favourite ones because uh, it feels like being at a rock and roll concert, and you've got the the girls are mainly there as backing singers. Um, yeah. But but it, it gives you a totally different picture. So I, I love the fact that it's not typical. Uh, when I tend to go back to Abbey, I often go back to the things that aren't typical of them, or the songs that aren't so well known, just because I I like to um, explore that area. But um, yeah, with the the Carpenters, they were one of the bands that I explored on my parents' vinyl collection. Um, goodness knows, some somewhere in the some somewhere in the eighties. But uh, yeah. Um, now I wanted to ask you, when did you first learn about David Bowie? Um, I uh, obliquely, really. I mean, I, I've um, the first David Bowie. Well, actually, well, um. I suppose we're talking about 1972. Um, I yeah, so I think because my sister had a, um, a one of the you know these top of the pops knockoff things where you've got the uh, the cover versions that they used to do with a sexy woman on the front. Mm. Um, she had one from 1972 with Seaside Shuffle and Starman. Mm. Um, Starman. Uh, well, Seaside Shuffle was on it, you know, so obviously that's not a boat record, but yeah. so with Starman on it. So I was familiar with Starman, so I must, I probably, because 72 is probably one of my earliest memories of Top of the Pops anyway. And um, I must, I probably saw him at some stage. I couldn't swear to this, but I was familiar with the song. Um, Laughing Gnome was actually probably the other one I, I remember from that time because. Um, we ha 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 he 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 I'm a laughing gnome and you can't catch me, uh, which is supposed to be his kind of. Ah. <laughs> but but um, I I remember my uh, I, uh, I was friendly with Kim Horner at the time and uh, Jen rewrote it sort of in the was would have been late seventy three uh, ha 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 he 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 I love Kim and Kim loves me okay. um, uh, so that I it, it, so it, it's more the song uh, the sort of offshoot of the song or, or the sort of influence of the song that i, I remember rather yeah. rather than bowie himself i don't particularly remember bowie on so i don't know if you know about uh but the, the laughing gnome is a weird one because it was a song recorded in the 60s before he had any success um and i believe it was re-released in the 70s once that record whoever it was 
whatever record company he'd been on when he'd done that. Yeah, because uh, he had all, he had all sorts of different attempts at being famous in the same way as uh, Mark Boland did in bands that didn't work out. Yeah. And, and yeah, so the Laughing Gnome is really out of place being a hit in the seventies because it was, wasn't recorded in the seventies, wasn't part of of his of his image. I'm sure he wasn't that happy about it being out. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know if he ever publicised it once it came out, um, but uh, not not in that period. I don't. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. no, I mean it's uh, it's a fun song, and I I I think everybody everybody needs a Laughing Gnome. I think everybody needs a bit of uh, of frivolity. I think you'd be displeased by. I, I I have a feeling that it probably isn't on his greatest hits because because it's probably not one he wanted to be a hit or not on the time he became famous. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember if it is or not. I'm sure it is on some some collection. I, I guess I must have known about David Bowie, but I wasn't that interested in him because by the time I, I you know it takes a while to especially on a on a schoolboy's pocket money. Uh, by which I mean me. It doesn't does mean to say I had a, uh, a, a schoolboy locked in the cupboard and was Nicky. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I was busy following the bands I was following, and it was not until the mid 90s that I started buying. There was the odd song I'd hear on the radio. I, I, there was a while when, when I lived in Birmingham, uh, when I was working in Birmingham for six months, when I used to listen to Chris Evans in the morning when he first started being on the Radio 1 show. And he would sometimes play older songs, and he played um, Suffragette City. And I'd not, I'd not heard that, and I liked, so I found yeah. The Greatest Hits at that point. And then I heard another song called Andy Warhol, which was on his album Hunky Dory, so I bought, I bought Hunky Dory. Then I met Callum, and he liked some Bowie, and he so we used to do music tapes for each other. And um, yeah. so he's he so it was a slow, um, if, if anything, I think Callum was more into the Covent albums in the 90s. He didn't yeah. have he and, and greatest hits and stuff, but he didn't have um, the 70s albums. Yeah. Whereas instinctively, I went back and I explored more of the, the, the 70s albums and. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I was, I'm ashamed to admit this, but, um, about 10 years ago, we, we spent Christmas at, um, Gareth and Sarah's house. And I think, I'm sure it was that time we we did some karaoke. And, um, one of the things was life on Mars. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I think I did it. Although somebody did it and I, I don't know this at all. Um, and uh, I've heard it several times, and I've, I really like it. Um, but I don't remember a life on Mars in the seventies at all. Um, I think if we're talking about, I guess I probably, if I was asked in the eighties or even the early nineties, what my favourite David Bowie song was, I feel like I might have said Ashes to Ashes because I might have yeah. been aware of of that yeah. being because I would have been seven or eight, or maybe I would have heard it on the radio at the time. Um, I'm not massively knowledgeable about Bowie, but I, I, I've always been fascinated that the Major Tom that they talk about in mm. Ashes to Ashes, is he supposed to be the same Major Tom that drifted off hopelessly into space in 10 years earlier in yes. Space Oddity? Yes. Um, how did they get him back? <laughs> did, I, I, he, did he come back to Earth only on drugs? Or, well, I can't uh, remember, but there, there's a third song, Hello, Space Boy, which yeah. was a duet between him and the Pet Shop Boys in the nineties. So yeah, I'm more of an admirer of Bowie than a fan. I, it, it, that's not because I don't I don't 
particularly gel with his music it's, it's because i don't know much about him i've never had time uh, you know he's never kind of um i've never been, seen him up close to to, to study him i do uh, you know there's a lot of his songs i like um there's there's a few that i think that leave me a bit cold like absolute beginners um and but I know I've, I've he's an interesting guy. I didn't realize, uh, obviously, one of my although it's not maybe not my last memory, but the in, I'm gonna call it my last memory is, of course, when he died, he, he was one of the first people to die in the the the, the, the very bloodthirsty 2016, which also claimed my father. Mm. Um, and he, I remember talking, we were in the office at work talking, and Michelle, who was got a no nonsense kind of girl we were talking she she was saying that she preferred from a male from a female point of view she preferred a, the later bowie uh because he was more masculine mm. she she found she found the ziggy uh bowie uh, a bit too feminine mm. um and also i discovered that kath who had been my my girlfriend in the 90s was a huge fan. I didn't realise how big a Bowie fan mm-hmm. she was, and she almost called. I think she, she, her nickname for her new her son is is Ziggy because mm-hmm. I think he was born around the time Bowie died. Uh, so I, uh, but I had no idea that she was she was so big on Bowie. I wouldn't say I was like the, the number one fan. I definitely went back and listened to uh, a lot of the seventy. There were one or two of the seventies albums that I hadn't gotten into when i was buying them in the 90s and yeah. i came back to them and did get into them when he died so yeah um, but he again he was uh, like cliff and that he, he was a pop survivor um he was you know i remember he was doing songs well he was he was working right until he died didn't he I mean, he, was, yeah, um, he, had, he did have a heart attack uh, in the uh, and ill health in the noughties so there was a gap but then he still managed to do two albums uh, quite close together before he died um, um, and also i mean um i remember being around at your parents house and um he we were uh, late late 99 and he was on top of the pops he, he was you know he was doing stuff and doing glastonbury and doing all sorts of things until the midish noughties when he was ill but uh, in fact i went I'm sure I've told this before. I was taken to see David Gilmore from Pink Floyd at the Royal Albert Hall, and I'm not particularly a big fan of even. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I have grown to like some of Pink Floyd songs. Um, David Gilmore, as a solo artist, I didn't really know much, um, but I went, and it was the Royal Albert Hall, so that's an experience. Um, and then on the, on the encore, um, David Gilmore said, "I welcome onto the stage, David Bowie," and so, suddenly I, I was like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, I am glad I'm here. Uh, <laughs> and, and they did because David Bowie did a couple, did a cover of some early Pink Floyd songs, and yeah. uh, and, and and he did two songs and he left. And it was only later that I discovered that that I think after he had his heart attack, he maybe did two or three. It's so so few before, live performances he did after his heart yeah. attack that. Um, that show I went to is, you know, you, if you went on Wikipedia or whatever, it would say these are the three shows. And I was at one of those just com- com- completely coincidentally. So. That really is quite something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, one more one more band um, before we go. And, and I, th- I wonder whether uh, uh, they're a particular band I really like but then an 80s band. But I thought because it was sort of your, your school era, you, you might 
um, mm. remember first yeah. hearing them. Um, what do you remember of Duran Duran when they started? Duran Duran? Um, what, was think... the, what was the thing when you were at school? What was the, was it? What, well, it was like, Duran Duran. I think, I, 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 think yeah. I knew them more as a, a, a name rather than the music. I was slow. There was certain, there was certain music I got, you know, I was taping off, in 1983, I think I started going back to taping off the radio. Uh, but I, I suppose, I suppose it must have been Girls on Film. But I, I think, I think Hungry Like the Wolf is probably sticks in my mind a little bit more because I can remember uh, that. Um, I, I, one of the things I can remember from from um, primary school is the sort of. Uh, madness, sort of right, the rivalry between madness and uh, the different sort of musical uh, yeah. uh, th things. But I, I'm, um, and I know with with um, Duran Duran, it would have been Duran Duran versus Spandau Ballet, and yeah, um, they were I, I, much of a muchness, were they? Weren't they? Yeah, I, I, I suppose they were. They were kind of one of those bands that were in the background. I didn't really. I think Union of the State was the first one I sat up and took notice of. Uh, all the all the others, you know, I, I was listening to the chart. But were the girls in your class like uh, girls? <laughs> girls in my <laughs> class? Did you not have? If to only, I wish. Yeah. Okay. I, there was. Uh, I went to Highbury, mate. They, they, oh, the girls were you were caned if you listened so much and looked at them. Uh, I don't think I realised that. I don't think I realised that Highbury was a boys' school. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't very healthy. Not, uh, you know, to, in terms of, I'm not talking sexually. I mean, inter interrelations with women, uh, i.e., what they're like and everything, because they changed so much between eleven and, and sixteen. Um, you know, and you're taken away from that. You 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 kind of com to, to completely can no. I I think I got no yeah, I indication you, whatsoever. If you were, so if you had been in a mixed school, you might have. I'd love more. to have. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you. Would. Um, <laughs> but yeah. no, I I have absolutely no. I think the only time I I glimpsed, and it was because it, there were it was only sort of. Uh, a few months of a year as when I start when I was working on Roger Gannon's pantomime. So of course you were you were around teenage girls that perhaps were about your age or slightly older. And I think what was interesting is there was a disco bit in I think it was Babes in the Wood or maybe Aladdin, eighty three, eighty two, eighty three. And uh, there was a disco bit where they, they obviously, uh, Roger wouldn't have known these songs. So they got in Club Tropicana, they had Desdemona, they, yeah, so there was a bit of Wham, and there was um, the, the, very much the tunes of the time. Mm. And that was the only remote indication I had of the kind of musical tastes of, of the opposites. Um, so, yeah, I've... I've that was something deprived. I, I was deprived, though, I'm afraid. I, I, I wasn't really uh, interested in Duran Duran until late 80s. And I'll tell you the quick two things. But what I do remember, my earliest memory of Duran Duran is my friend Andrew, uh, who used to live in the village. I remember going back to his house and he was singing to Wild Boys and, yeah. and he was quite out of tune. And I still remember that 40 years later. <laughs> um, do you remember? Duran Duran, a, a, a bit of a mixed bag for me. I, uh, Girls on Film, I like. Um, Visual Kill, I like. Uh, Notorious, I like. Um, Something You Should Know and The Reflex just gets on my tits. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, they, it's that whiny, so whiny voice of Simon Le Bon. 
Uh, I don't find that, but then there were other people I do. I know it's, it's like I, I remember talking to our friend Evelyn. I can't remember which band she was talking about now, but uh, I don't want to misquote her. But, <laughs> no, 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 but it's, it was a band yeah. where she so, sort of said, "I just don't get so and so because I can yeah. understand their voice." And if if that's the way, if you don't get the voice, then it can yeah. really. I don't think my dad really liked modern pop singers. Well, not not. I don't mean modern as in now. I mean in eighties or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, I think he's still of the generation where when you're singing, you're singing like that. You know, like like you're in an opera or something. Not not yeah. casual. Whereas, yeah. you know, just... he, play, he plays an opera, and I'll be like. Yeah, so it's just a man going, whoa, I don't get it at all, sorry. So no, it's really individual taste, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, with Le bon, you know, it's, it, sometimes it works. I mean, his voice is always present there. And something like um, uh, Girls on Film, which has a lovely pulse to it, mm-hmm. um, or Notorious, which jogs along quite nicely, or View to a Kill. But it, it, I, I, it's suddenly when, it, when he turns corners, that might be um, your bad earphones. You might better have a bad pair of earphones. I'll blame you on your earphones. No, no, no. I've, <laughs> I've, I've heard, heard it many times. No, I just, I reflex and something you should know. No, I'm not 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 great favourites of mine. No, Duran Duran, they're all uh, right. Um, ironically, um, this is throwing it in. Uh, of course, Wham were very much of that same time, and I actually the songs of Wham I found ironically um, a little bit too alpha male and kind of kind of yeah. aggressive um, to, for, for, for my tastes. Um, I think I think for me with with Duran Duran, what I I like, I suppose it, it's the same part of me that loves. I, I love uh, so I love Carly Minogue and any yeah. any Madonna. I like, but I like Carly better. But I yeah. like the fact that you can I I could sit there listening to her music, looking at her a, a coffee table book of all of the different looks that Carly's had over the years, or Madonna. Yeah. And I I like the fashion side of, and I like and I like the fashion side of Duran Duran. And, and how how eighties they are, um, and and the different looks and different hairstyles. I like. I love watching the videos. Yeah, you know that they, they change. Oh, I mean that's different. Yeah, I mean that's visually they they're interesting. I have to say, going off a bit slightly, I have to say the first time I heard of Wham was um, a sticker that fell out of a breakfast cereal packet. Oh yeah. Um, in the in the eighties, and I, I I suppose I must have heard them without knowing who they were, yeah. and there was. Uh, Ridgely and um, Michael uh, in the uh, uh, on this sticker, and uh, okay, wham, right? Well, I wonder what wham is, and um, I, I I took it into school. I said, Has anyone heard of wham? <laughs> I can, I can, I gave the sticker away to somebody who'd heard of them mm. and presumably liked them, um, but I, I have the remotest idea who they were, what they were, and and um, of course later on I I got to know the tunes and and. And I, 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 if anything, I probably prefer Wham to. Uh, no, actually, I, yes, I do prefer Wham to Duran Duran. Um, Ke- uh, Careless Whisper, I adore, and, and uh, Edge of Heaven brings back a lot of happy memories. I, I, I won't go into the full anecdotes, but I'm pretty sure I've told them by now. But, um, but the the two moments with Duran Duran for me were, were kind of almost after their peak. One was in about '89 when I was on holiday, and I just bought a tape of their decade greatest hits and and i i think that was probably the nearest time maybe i was going through it 
like I don't think I was a sort of teenager who had like years of being a teenager and sulking. I think I just had a holiday where I was sulking and um, <laughs> I just, listened, just constantly listening. Oh, you're sulking! We're concentrated into that holiday. Just that week, I think I did. I read, but I, I took loads of Target novelizations with me and just oh, constantly read Doctor Who and listened to Decade by Duran Duran. And then that sounds absolutely I, blissful. <laughs> then I was in, um, in when I was at university and things were a bit. Um, uh, a bit much in the first year uh, one of their albums came out uh, which had Ordinary World in, in and, and that sort of became not exactly my breakup album but it became more likely the, the, the rubber life-saving ring that, that kept me from being depressed listening to that album <laughs> um, so I think I'm grateful I was particularly I was particularly grateful twice to them and, and my loyalty has remained I still buy all ah, the right, right. album I buy a new yeah. album and yeah, uh, and they they went through a stage in the late nineties where I don't think their albums even got released um, over here. And I went to when I went to America. I I, I think um, I probably picked up their most recent album over there. But then they did have a resurgence over here um, and have had top ten hits in the noughties. Mm. Um, so that they uh, yeah they've been they're much more easy to follow again now. But uh, well <laughs> bef- before we go i just want to um just a couple of other things that aren't music related to do with firsts um i was wondering do you remember when you first had uh, like a chinese meal or an indian meal or just just a not 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 british sort of hmm. typical food um i seem to remember circa 1976 um we went for a, a chinese takeaway now it was actually quite rare. We didn't really, we didn't really get takeaways in the seventies. Um, uh, but I do remember there was one time when Jen brought in a Chinese meal by the, the, I suppose the nineties. I, you know, I was, you know, there were, there were it was a regular occurrence, um, but not quite so regular as when I left home. Um, but yeah, I, I think with, with Chinese, yes, Chinese, Meals started dominating my life a bit more in the, uh, the early noughties uh, when I left home in 2001. Uh, there was the Hong Kong Eater, which is just down. In fact, we're having uh, uh, that's my last memory of Chinese that hasn't actually happened yet, but it's about <laughs> a couple of hours away. Yeah. And it's, we're, 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 we're having a Chinese tonight. So, um, but um, yeah, so I, I think there was a, a time I get, I have it in my head, but it's, it was from the Chinese restaurant that is still there in Castle Street. I don't know how, if that's actually true or whether I'm mixing it up with something else, but I, I have a feeling that, um, but I've always, I, you know, I've always liked the idea of Chinese food. Indian is a little more difficult. I I can't remember the first, I mean, I, now, I, you know, I, I relish um, Indian meals, in fact, I, I can do it backwards. But backwards, last Indian meal was two days ago. Um, it was payday for both of us. Ali and Ali took me out to the Kathmandu Kitchen, which is our favourite Indian restaurant in in Salisbury. And it was sort of like Thursday. She she was finished for the week. I was almost finished for the week, and we just felt like a blowout. So we yeah we we had a meal there. It's a bit of a plug there, Kathmandu Kitchen, Fisherton Street. <laughs> um, Eat, eat out to help out um and it was it was lovely and we had a nice bottle of wine um first oh, when was it because of course we we were 
we reg before we went to the pubs um it was throughout our married life we went we went for indian meal every every month you know uh we used to be at the raj Poot, <coughs> which was beautifully ornate when it was when we first went started going there then the the critics started moving in and being very terribly leery and saying oh it's it's straight out of a 1970s in sitcom and all those horrible derogatory things like that and all the beauty and the style of of the um of in, you know the actual indian culture uh, they took away they dumbed it right down because of the critics which i thought was mm. heinous uh, but, but first when, about, where when was did you the first, first when did you first get into the vesticaries or oh, vestica oh the, in the uh, early 80s mm. um I think Mum must have just brought them at one point. I I just loved them. I you know I remember and I remember particularly in the early eighties, um, Dynasty and Chicken Curry Vesta uh, on a Saturday night. That was that was great. That was my treats. Um, and of course, I still eat them to this day because I just love them. I think they're still tasty. Um, or you know, people going on about synthetic. Oh, you know, g give me one of those and a then a, a, a salad any day. Um, but no, first, first, what was the first one? So I, I certainly was going out for curries uh, by the. I think slowly getting into them in the nineties. I don't think I went mad for them in the nineties, but maybe it was a. Um, an after-production meal or curry, curry. Um, there was one I worked with Evelyn and Martin and Elaine and Keith in 97 when I stayed over with Evelyn and Martin for one of the premieres of Run mm. um, that couldn't have been the first one surely um, do you know I, I, I've been for so many over the years and yeah I don't think I, I don't think I had it was it was certainly when I got together with Ali that I started regularly going from for but there was a there was a girl at one of Chantel's do's, and she said, "Oh, I'm I'm hungry, you hungry, you know." And, and let's that's and and that, that was my first visit to the Raj Poot. So I'm going to go plum for. Um, I must have had one before then, but yeah, the Raj Poot in the late nineties um, was. No, we, surely we must have gone to something yeah, in the nineties together. Surely. Yeah, I'm sure we must have done. Um, I, I mean, my parents. Would have probably got me into both of particularly Chinese. They they really yeah. like Chinese. I think occasionally we'd go to a restaurant. So I was probably, you know, I was up for Chinese um, or Indian even before I went to university. Yeah. Uh, I lived in Birmingham, which was the the city of Balti. So yeah. uh, I mean, the trouble is we couldn't always afford to go and have That's a proper takeout. So we didn't like to just have fish and chips. But. Yeah. I certainly, I mean, on the, the times when I would go out for a meal with my parents, which wasn't very often, uh, it wouldn't have been a curry because my dad didn't like spicy food at all. My mum did. She she was a great fan of curry, but um, dad, you know, hated the smell and out of this and hated that. Um, so I don't, yeah, he, he wasn't a big fan of, of curry. Uh, but that's probably why I was quite late. But I think probably uh, curry-wise in the, you know, in the, late 70s early 80s with the vestas mm. uh long before i actually and it was really only in the late 70s that i started yeah i yeah and, and certainly it became a reg it was pegged in as a regular thing when i got mm. together with ali um we had one we had one last night but it was one it was a supermarket one from waitrose which i i picked up uh when yeah. i uh coming back from the doctors but uh, well, uh, curries are uh, 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 over the years 
rapidly become a firm favourite of mm. mine. Um, well, I, I really do love them, and I or I always make sure I get one in uh, once a week. I was I was going to have one this evening, but then because we have one on Thursday, I'm going to yeah. <laughs> go, go for Chinese instead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, no, um, I've got one or two more. I want to keep a couple for the like, after the title section, so yes. I just need to work out. Uh, which ones were, are better for quick answers and which ones are better for long. Um, okay, let's try this one. Do you remember, we won't do it, well, we could do it, I suppose, if you have any memories. Uh, do you have any memories of, like, your first day at school? It could be any school, it could be... Um, I, of course, when we it would have been September 73, um, I, I don't think I had any preconceived ideas about uh, school to start with i've got a memory before just before school and just after you know what maybe a few weeks in um i remember going past st martin's infant school uh mum's saying we've got to be quiet because they they've got they're doing prayers which basically was uh, the assembly we we always had on a friday afternoon uh which was called prayers but in actual fact there was usually a guest speaker and um but yeah i mean i remember you know saying and realizing that you know that was going to be me in in a year or so and also my first memory of school apart from the smell of you know the disinfectant and and the old building was getting stuck in my anorak um the, the zip going in my on my coat it might have even been a parka and um being very embarrassed that i couldn't get out of a bloody coat and um yeah that's that sort of set the tone really for my relationship with school uh but i have a multitude of memories of of St. martin's infant school which i was there i was there from 73 to 76 and um in fact i i i brought it up on facebook recently because i had mistress has just died from that time and she was a bit of, although she was a remarkable person and a good of quite a flamboyant charismatic teacher she was also a bit of a bully mm. and um we all we all had a few stories about that mm. um but yeah that i think those those are my two earliest memories and uh vaguely and, and the talking and the people that from there but yeah getting my zip stuck um I, with the yeah. with the anorak yeah that was i don't really remember that much uh, i do remember i do remember starting it uh a primary school and saying, like telling um, the, the teacher that I had been scared of the late the, the headmistress of my last school, and ironically that was Nesta Bryn, who later became um, a, big, a big a big friend. But she, yeah. I think she probably was a bit scary. Um, oh, she was. I mean, she was uh, quite a severe-looking woman, mm. and uh, she had that nervous tick with the mm. with her head. Um, so yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was quite. Sc- the, the, quite weird thing, and the weird thing about leaving. Well, when I went to the grammar school, when I went to Chaffin Grove for two years, I think I was just would have been scared how different that was to my little quiet little sixty pupils yeah. primary school. Yeah. Um, and when I went to the grammar school, uh, I did know a couple of people. Um, I, I was yet to know Harry and yeah. Robin, although they were in my class. But I my friend Mark um, that I'd known from Montessori from, from that early school was there. So I wasn't, and also I recognized a couple of people from my primary school who'd gone up 
who had passed yes. eleven plus and gone there. So it wasn't yeah. as scary, and it was and, and anything was better than Chaffin. <laughs> I hate. I just hated private that private school for two years. I just hate, hated it, and I had. To, I mean, it taught me how to, to learn to survive to a certain extent. Um, um, but it, 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 the, the five years I had that grammar school, which was just um, nothing, was as stressful as that two years at that yeah. uh, that um, private school. But uh, I, I mean, I, 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 although I, I quite like the memories I have of uh, Martin's infants, um, and you know, they were, they were nice times and plenty of play times and lots of inventive times and friends, which I still have to this day. I have to say that. Um, my, the only school I actually eventually bonded with and regretted leaving was Harnham Juniors. Um, I, although I had a trouble initially fitting in, uh, because if you if you're a new boy, they let you knew you're a new boy. There wasn't any bullying, but um, I felt that I was eventually able to do my own thing. And even though I gravitated more towards younger kids because they were more interested <laughs> in playing Doctor Who or, you know, sort of, they, they were a lot more inventive than the football playing contemporaries of, that I had. And, um, but Highbury was probably the biggest culture shock of my life. I, I don't, I can't think of anything else that was quite as, as, as suddenly you had homework, suddenly you had this, suddenly you had that completely different structure. And I missed, I chickened out to the first day. How about that? It's probably one of my great, great cowardly, concessions and I, I i had a stomach pain which was quite clearly just nerves and um you know i i played it up and played it up and uh parents were pretty disgusted and um and i i can't believe uh the, the things i pulled off i mean uh they were showing the new avengers episode target that night and of course having just pulled a sickie you know there was me kind of you know yeah, can i possibly i know i'm ill but can i possibly stay out and i got the, the sheer bloody nerve of the boy um <laughs> and, and and you know i went the first first day of school bewildering because all the all the sort of helpful bits with the head of year saying hello i'm mr evans this is the school here's this, here's that, all the useful stuff. I completely passed me by. I didn't know where to stand for the bus. Um, I had to walk home in the end because, uh, you know, I just, uh, where the hell do you stop for the bus? And it was a disaster. And I skipped the second day as well. You know, I, I, I sort of was, was ill for the second day. I think by then my parents were heartily sick of me. And yeah, so I had a very ignominious start to Highbury. And my last day, which was last day, it was in June '85, and I—it was a one and only time I went to their master's office on Iscov, and um, I literally—I finished. Uh, we were, I was in the geography room with our PE teacher, and I—I I, I finished my last exam, which I think was a, a, a critique of uh, Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. and I said, sort of, I, "What do I do now, sir?" Um, oh, j- just take that report to Mr. Riley's office and get it signed. I thought, right. Five minutes later, I pop my head round the door again and say. Where exactly is Mr. Riley's office? Because I, I, you know, I kind of in assembly, um, the first a first year had always been pointed out, and to get the headmaster to when to get the headmaster, headmaster appears. I, I, you never saw the first year come back. <laughs> I, I, so I, I just assumed. I, I just sort of went into the headmaster's 
study thinking that there was going to be this pile of bones of the people he'd eaten over the years. <laughs> well, not really, but I kind of thought yeah. it would be quite fun. Um, and, you know, you never saw them come back. So, and I remember saying, because I my first boss was a, a Martin, the news agents was Mr. Riley, Mr. Derek Riley, um, a much more droll man than an amusing man than, than our Mr. Riley, Miss Bill Riley. And uh, I said, well, I'm just about to work with a Mr. Riley. So, And I just remember walking home um, for some reason doing a Jimmy Savile impression, which would be completely unacceptable now. But um, And I did just on top of the world that I, I finally shot a school, which I was thoroughly bored with in the last few years. I think, and uh, um, yeah. I, was, I was delighted. I, was, I still remember that sense of elation. I think my later my later years. I have got a couple from my primary school, which I'll come back to in a sec. I think my later years, because it ends up fizzling out a bit because you go to exams and yeah, everybody's. It does. I do, I do sort of remember going going back and getting exam results. But what, what I was going to say is that I was very lucky that I was never. You know, when you start at a school, you're yeah. you're the youngest. Yeah. The only time I ever had that was when I started at the primary school. Because yeah. when I went to Chaffin, that school went from, I don't know, 8 to 13. <laughs> so I came in as a fifth year. So I was already quite senior. And then I uh, and then I went, then the, the next, second year, even though I hated that school, I was in I was in the fifth year. And, and then I was in the sixth year and got to be a prefect. So I was, yeah. never the, I was never the junior person. And then because I did 13 plus and went to the grammar school, I, I didn't come in at the ground level on that either. I came in as yeah. a third year. So there were two years below me. So I was <laughs> very lucky. Thing, yeah. One thing that always made me howl about my, my final report was um, uh, my last tutor group with Mr. Vay, my uh, tutor. Um, they said, uh, he said, well, write down everything you've done in the last year, uh, you know, in the, in the last five years. And I thought, okay. You know, um, uh, so I put in stuff like the electronics club, which nobody would have remembered. And, um, you know, because I, I, I was part of that, but I was really keen on it. I don't remember doing much scintillating electronics work, but I was interested in electronics back then. And um, that was the first year, the school library. I've been in the school library for five years. And everything I put in, word for word, appeared on my report. <laughs> now, I, I thought to myself, nobody's checked this, have they? Um, I, I could have said I was the president of the United States of America in disguise, and they would have put it in. You know, I, they, I could have actually told them any old rubbish because nobody would have remembered. And um, I, I was just, I was just completely tickled by that. And I'm, but I'm glad what I put was actually on, actually put it on there. But I, I did think they'd check it. <laughs> what I do remember from my leaving primary school. It's the funny thing is because our years were so small, literally first and second years would have been in the same class. The third and fourth years would have been in the same class because there was only sixty people in the whole school, uh, which is why why I became friends with Paul Paul Hillier because other Paul because uh, he, he even though he was a year below me he was in my class even though uh, yeah that wouldn't usually happen. So I, I actually remember when I was in the third year. I knew the people in the fourth year really well and had gone through the school with them. So yeah. I remember being more sad when they left the year before I left than I was uh, when I left. I don't know what quite happened, but um, I, well, I do know what happened. I had a really good last week of primary school 
uh, in a way, because we went to the Brecon Beacons on some sort of outward bound thing, and uh, and that really sort of uh, you know really lovely views and lots of walking and uh, I, I, it it was a bit it was one of the first times I was away from home. Uh, I remember the headmistress being a bit horrible about because people were trying to call their mums to sort of go, you know, because they felt a bit homesick, even though they were enjoying themselves. And what then, is it about headmistresses in those days? Yeah. They really were awful, weren't and they? We, we, got to, we got to, she, she, I remember I was on the phone when she caught, I don't think we'd been told we couldn't. It's just perhaps it became, she, she started to think it was a problem. And I was on the phone to my mum when she came up to the queue and said, no, 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 go, go away, go away. So I was on the phone talking to my mum. I, I just got my call in before I was the last one who got to call. So yeah. that side of it was not so good. But so I think we were away Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, came back on Thursday. Then the Friday was the last day of my primary school. So it was went very, very quickly. Uh, hence, I remember very little about it. Um, but yeah, th- those, those are the things I remember most about ends of schools. But uh, Yeah, I, I, as I say, um, uh, bottom line is I, I wasn't a... I wasn't a fan of school. Mm. Um, uh, I learnt. I always say I learnt much more um, dating in uh, Bristol than I ever did um, <laughs> in school. Yeah, they, they, I think one of the one of the, they were very badly equipped to uh, to prepare you for for life outside of the fact that they kept you away from the opposite sex. Um, even you know, even if sexually you might prefer other people, um, is uh, you know, it, 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 they are part of real life, you know, and I, I, I came out of Highbury not knowing how to talk to them. It's I think as I, simple as that. Yeah, I think I preferred it because it meant that subject didn't come up and I didn't have to d- discuss it or be, you know, be, yeah. ch- be challenged about it. But um, uh, I, I guess there was there was a girls' grammar school and I think any boys, that, I guess particularly boys who maybe had sisters who had friends as that there, there probably were people in the school who knew girls that went to South oh yeah i mean you, you know the more you know uh, uh, hip and with it um sporty ones. Uh, uh, lads that um you know the 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 the, uh, the alpha male they, they knew girls um in the biblical sense as well in some cases what's the girls school comparison to hybrid to Demons. Jim went there. Is that in the same part of town or a different part of town? Oh, it's is. That that was the worst thing about it. It was bang next door. Yeah, in fact, one of, some of the uh, buildings uh, were owned by both schools. So mm-hmm. you, you you were walking, and all you ever got from the 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 um, St. Eddie's girls was my friend fancy you. No, I don't. You mm-hmm. know, and, and that's that is that was all the dialogue you had with girls for five years. I mean, it's it's disastrous. Too. Because South Wiltshire is almost the other side of town from Bishop. Oh, it was. Um, and the trouble is, all the all the girls that I previously fancied were went to bloody South Wiltshire, which was miles away. Um, there are, there, there, I don't know. I might be wrong, but it always seems like there's uh, Salisbury has a very uh, high number of of schools. Um, what it we, does. Yes. What we <laughs> Chaffin and Godolphin and Your Two and Bishops yeah. and South Wilts and yeah. there was the Swan School at one point. The, yeah. the Cathedral I went to School. three. Yeah, I went to were, three completely different ones. I know some of them are different level, yeah, you know, age levels. But um, uh, uh, Westwood St Thomas, uh-huh. um, 
I think si- since the 70s, uh, St. Martin's in- Junior's infants have teamed up to, the, to be St. Martin's Primary School, which is where the junior school was. Um, and the uh, infant school is now a, a hall for hire. Mm. Well, I think we're running out of time here. I have got a couple of quick ones for you for after the titles. So um, uh-huh. maybe we, maybe we'll better think of something else for another time. But anyway, yeah. for now, oh, it's, um, it's been most interesting. It digs up things you've forgotten about, doesn't it? So it certainly does. Yes, goodness me. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway, thanks for being here, and uh, listeners will be back again soon, and Nick will be back soon. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks again, Nick, and bye bye for now. Thank you. Well, I hope they're shorter. Uh, depends how many things you have to say. I know last time we talked about like traveling on airplanes. I was wondering if you had any anecdotes about um, times when you've either traveled on a boat or a coach or a train, like a long distance um, example. Um, yeah, I mean, um, ooh, coach. I think uh, both boat and coach. Uh, I would have to go back to 1981 and Dieppe, uh, mm. which I went to with the school. Now, mm. obviously, we'd spent a year doing French, and uh, this was because I oh, was it before. I can't. I went to France twice in the summer of 81 because I'd never been abroad before, yeah. and um, I went because I I was knocked unconscious in the school with the school playground, and I was off for a bit. Then I think was it. I can't remember whether I went to Switzerland and Fran- Alsace first and then Dieppe with the school, or was it Dieppe first and then Alsace with the school? Yeah, I actually, yes, it was, um, yeah, we did go to Switzerland and Alsace first. Alsace was, yeah, I uh, that was, um, no, I was thinking boat, no. Fast mm-hmm. forward to, to Dieppe, boat, yes. That was my first trip on boat i mm. must have, i probably went on a ferry but yeah there's across the channel and yeah it was a load of us boys some of it we were some of them were more friendly outside of the classroom than they were elsewhere you know mm. as there's um, david brownlee who i was he was always a bit snotty with me uh, was actually quite friendly that day and um we, we started mega early mm. and we and and we were all flagging a bit to, by the end and i remember uh going across the channel i had this kind of uh, rubik cubes are very big at the time but i had this kind of number puzzle which i still got and mm. they all did little um goes with it kind of having a little bit of a um you know to keep us all awake but uh, yeah. yeah that was that was my that was my first big boat trip i think 
I don't think I did that much on the, on boats uh, until uh, well, my dad and I went on a sort of a very refined booze cruise where we, we, we where <laughs> well, we, we booze. <laughs> well, we where we we got on a ferry which travelled overnight and then we drove around. Um, uh, but this was when I was still doing Sutton Park, and I think clips of it have appeared on the podcast too. And it was a it was December, but it was a, the most beautiful day. And I remember going to this church and all the light streaming through the uh, leaving colours all over. Well, that this, all that will be on Sutton Park. Um, yeah. But, but uh, a, lot, a lot of these were a lot more recent than you would expect, really. I mean, Callum and I did a sleeper train up to some high up part of Scotland, where in the middle of the summer, so it got really light quite early, and I don't think I slept at all. Um, I found it quite claustrophobic because those um, sleeper trains. Um, the corridors are quite slim um, and, and there's no way that you could pass somebody in it, not, not being a fatty, they couldn't. Um, so I, I used to have, so, so you'd come out of your cabin and you'd look down the corridor and then do a quick run down to the end of the carriage <laughs> for fear of, of, of bumping into another fatty or, or, or pretty much anyone because um, it, it didn't allow for much sort of crossover. <laughs> um, uh-huh. It was quite claustrophobic. I don't think I'd do that again. Um, yeah, no, I, I um, when um, with the coach. Now, I suppose, yeah, again, Switzerland. Uh, that was the big. That was probably the first big coach journey. I, I, uh, I didn't like coach. You know, I tell. I think um, the Blackpool trips were the last time I went on a coach trip. My leg used to. Oh well, no, actually. Um, uh, trips to toll paddle yeah we we go on a coach then my leggies are too uh, yeah. long long for yeah. coaches uh they, i always did a bunch it up and it's terribly uncomfortable um i used to yeah. do some of those um back when i used to go to nightclubs uh a bit more um i went for a stage of, of getting on um whatever the whatever they used to call the buses where you only used to pay a few pounds and i'd go up to manchester uh, maybe to go out clubbing on a Saturday night um, occasionally to a particular club or meet some, meet friends up there so uh, yeah. so I did do a few sort of trips on coaches which were because they were the cheap alternative but uh, yeah um, no I, I've, I've as I say um, I a boat of the two I think boat boats um, are my preferable even though I can't swim mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I always enjoyed them much more than because you can go around and Breathe, breathe the sea air and um, yeah that was that was not good I've got to go now This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. (laughs) What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. 
So my other question is, you don't have to answer it, but I think you probably won't mind. Do you remember the name of the first girl that you fancied? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, I'm actually quite surprised I do. Um, well, actually, having said that, um, she's my oldest friend. You, you know you know of her, Kim Horner. Mm. Um, she lived down the road from uh, me in the beaches in the late... Well, she was born in 69. She's exactly six months younger than me. And um, we were, we were, she was my first best friend, really. Mm. And, and she can be seen on, on, on my fourth birthday uh, um, picture. She, 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 I've got, I, it's a picture I relish. And I think it sums me up quite well because there is a undisguised, lustful expression on her face of, of <laughs> sheer joy. Um, she sat on my lap on my fourth birthday um, in 1972. And, um, yeah, she, I think, was probably, I mean, I, I, according to my mum, I used to flirt with the babies in the next uh, cot when in the central health clinic, which still mm-hmm. exists, um, albeit in a rather emasculated form. Yeah. Um, so I have always had eyes for the light dyes. Um, oh. And uh, I, Kim Horner was certainly the first crush i think um and i for some time i i kind of thought wouldn't it be nice to get to know her again when i was in my teens but of course she was quite a sophisticated lady of music by then and i shamefully threw away my chance to get chatting with her a bit more on my 18th birthday because i had some friends around and i spent more time with my more modern friends like matt and sharon than i did with uh the on the opposite with the Horners and Nat and Kim. And I would love to be back in touch with them, but I don't think either of them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously they've got their married with kids and, uh, well, Kim's gone 50 and, and, and Nat would be 50 next year. But I remember Nat being born. There was a, there were a pair of twins at my primary school called Rachel and Catherine. I, I, I think I remember liking Rachel. Also, I hung around with my friend Sarah a lot, but I don't, really know that was ever proper romantic or anyway um we, she was a tomboy anyway so i think i admired i admired the fact that she wanted to be yeah. and to be honest i i i um i have been known to fall for tomboys um i you know there's certain some, there's something about them i don't know what it is but i i do like i you know there's, there's something that's always attracted me to tomboys there was a girl in our village at one point called lindsay and um, she was quite tomboy as well. Uh, I know some of the other girls tried to set it up so that I'd be, and I think Lindsay was behind the bush listening, and they were trying to get me to say, oh, tell, tell us, do you, like, do you like Lindsay then? Do you like Lindsay? And, 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 um, and then Lindsay popped out of the bush and made me, and it was all to make me embar- embarrassed. It was towards the end of, of the tomboy era worked really well until I became the least, not that, I wanted to go out with them, but they didn't know that. Um, but yeah, towards the end of the tomboy era, I became the boy that they all knew who they couldn't possibly think of as, 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 you know, being interested in because, yeah, because they'd grown up with me sort of thing. So and also, that, I, I like, I liked Abba. <laughs> yes. I mean, oh yes, we, we, I, you know, I flirted with Kim in the early days, but I think probably, um, maybe by the eighties when I thought wouldn't it be nice to meet her again? I think probably uh, a we'd intellectually gone our separate ways, and b um, 
I, I was like you say, I was the I was the boy she'd grown up with. Um, it, similarly, I didn't go to see Helen Russell, who probably known me the longest. I, 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 I went. She was. I've never fancied her, but um, she was in her mum was in hospital, having her at the same time I was in. in uh, my mum was in hospital, having me. So um, we've known each other since day dot. Um, so, but I wouldn't even though I'd, I'd done PE with her in the 70s I wouldn't go and see her in Calendar Girls uh, at studio because it would have you know I, I like the, the naked female form like anybody else but I um it would have been it would have felt like seeing my sister naked you know yeah. it, it would have been just wrong <laughs> so, my first my first boy crush um it all links in really my first boy crush was a a boy called Andrew and he was the one who sung Wild Boys out of tune and my second uh-huh. boy crush was also who lived a, a, a boy who lived in the village after Andrew had left um, and this boy moved in I think I just fancied anyone who lived in that house to be honest it could have been anything <laughs> um, I know you're, the... you're like you're like although um, <laughs> uh, you know we we, we um, operate from opposite sides yeah. um, we you're a bit like me in that you know you're you, you your appreciation of uh, people uh, from a sexual point of view is, is, or from a fancying point of view is knows no bounds. And it's, you know, it's, I've, I've, I'm still just as impressionable and, and, well, and tarty as I was when I was well, the, a baby. The, the second, the second, the boy who moved into the house next uh, was called Damien. And he was the brother of the girl, Lindsay, who the girls were trying to get me really? to admit to fancying. Yeah. Oh, what irony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I think I can't, I, one thing I can't remember um, is my first kiss. Uh, I, I, I had a peck with Helen Smith or Helen Gill as she is now, uh, but it was not. It wasn't a proper kiss. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think I had a, a full-on snog until I was in relationships. So I was, I was getting on a bit. To be watch continued, this space. watch this space. Watch this space, but not too close. on this episode.